Hi guys and welcome back to the Juicy Deets podcast. As you guys know by now, we start every episode and end every episode with a quote. So here's today's quote. People do not decide their futures, they decide their habits and their habits decide their futures. I thought that was a really fitting quote for today's episode because today's episode is all about habits that are actually going to make your life better. Now, I wanted to do a little backstory on this because I have pretty much tried like every single health, wellness, hack, habit, ritual, practice there is out there. Obviously, like some of them that don't work for me could work really well for you guys. And some of them that do work for me might not work at all. However, I really have like made myself into a human guinea pig, especially these last like five years or so. As you guys know, if you have followed my TikTok, I kind of started to try to like glow up, be more confident, be happier, change my life when I was like 17 and I'm 23, almost 24 now. So it's been since then that I have really tried to like change my life and my routines and something that I do think that is pretty much universally agreed upon is that in order to change your life, you have to change your habits and when you change these small mundane everyday things, your life will drastically improve and change as well. Like it's much more effective to change these small habits and routines than it is to try to make like this big drastic life change. And this is coming from someone who does try to make big drastic life changes. Like I have always been someone that if something's not working out for me, I want to do something big. I want to move. I want to change things up. I want to like go somewhere new. I want to just reinvent myself completely. And the more that I've done this in my life, the more that I've realized it really doesn't work. And it's almost like a form of running away from your problems because you actually don't make any significant inward changes. You're just making these outward changes to your life, but you are still the same person. And you can only run away from yourself for so long before you realize that no matter where you live, no matter what aesthetic you're following, whether you're a clean girl or a mob wife, you're still you. You know what I mean? And so if you change your internal, like, dialogue and if you change your everyday little routines and your practices and your habits like that is ultimately going to change who you are and change your life because you're actually working on yourself you're facing yourself you're learning about yourself and you're learning how to be happy with yourself how to be confident how to love yourself how to create a person that you love which will help you more than any drastic move or putting on eyeliner or dating someone or breaking up with someone like that stuff is all good and well and big changes do make a difference sometimes but ultimately i do really think that you have to work from the inside out and i also think that like it's okay to simultaneously love yourself and also want to improve i think some people like are constantly improving and improving and improving and it's almost like a self-harm thing where nothing is ever good enough and they're never good enough for themselves and i don't think that's healthy either but like i do think that it's okay to love yourself to be so happy and honor the space that you're at while also having goals having dreams having things that you want to work on for yourself like for example something for me is i really continue to keep working on my mental health i've accepted the fact that i do have depression and anxiety and that's something that's probably going to like follow me around for the rest of my life and probably present itself in different ways throughout my life and I'll have to just squash those little ways that they present like a -a whack-a-mole throughout my life and that's just how it's going to be and that's okay but I hold space for that. I still love myself despite the fact that I am constantly trying new things and new routines and new little tweaks to make sure that I can be as happy as possible 
And I really try now not to get down on myself for being down because why would I do that? Like, that's just so not effective. I don't know. And I heard um, actually Peyton Sarton say on her Note to Self podcast recently that it's just exhausting to hate yourself. And that's why she doesn't anymore. And that like, I mean, it kind of sounds stupid, but I also thought it was really profound. Like, it's just, why would you ever hate yourself? You know what I mean? Like, you're stuck with yourself. I think in Sex and the City, Samantha Jones said something like, the relationship you have with yourself is the one you're going to have for the rest of your life. So you might as well work on it. And I also think that it's like, so you might as well love yourself, you know? Anyway, that was a bit of a tangent. I don't know why I went down that road so heavily, but I guess it needed to be said. So basically, these are some little habits and things that have really helped me throughout the years and that continue to help me and things that I actually do continue to do every single day because some things, I don't know, I tried and they didn't really work for me. These are the tried and trues, all right? And these are mostly free slash mental health focus slash some physical things, but I will make a health hacks that actually work episode two if you guys want. I just thought that, I mean, I would be talking for probably five hours if I combined both of them. Okay, let's get into the habits. The first one is gratitude. I wanted to get this over with like right off the bat because I almost feel like gratitude is the same thing as telling someone to just drink water these days. Like, people really do be acting like gratitude is going to solve all your problems and I don't think it will, but I do find that it is a very powerful habit, especially if you tend to struggle with depression, even if you struggle with like seasonal depression or just mental health in general. The reason gratitude works is because of your reticular activating system, which is part of your brain and it's the part of your brain that acts as a filter. It filters information in and out constantly. It's basically the part of your brain that tells you okay, this is important, we need to focus on this, we need to remember this, versus, oh, this is not important at all. And unfortunately, because of the news and social media and all of this stuff, our brains are kind of wired to focus on negativity, to focus on drama, to focus on just things that aren't necessarily going to make us happier. So when we make a conscious effort to focus on the things that we're grateful for, not only do we then attract more things to be grateful for, but we also ultimately are happier because we are choosing to focus on happy things, right? And when you basically tell your reticular activating system, like you can set almost a filter. And when you set that filter to be like, let's just focus on the positive, then you're ultimately going to be more positive. So I do gratitude and manifestation kind of at the same time because I have a five-minute journal and five-minute journal actually has an app now. I personally like to write things down. I'm a big like write it down with a pen and paper kind of person. I also just don't want to look at my phone first, first thing in the morning, but they do have an app or you can buy a five-minute journal off of Revolve or at a bookstore or whatever. And one of the prompts of the five-minute journal is to list three things you're grateful for. So it has a spot for gratitude. It also has a spot for saying an affirmation about yourself. It also has a spot for the three best things that happened to you that day, all of which are habits that I really have come to realize are super important. With my five-minute journal, I do it a little bit differently. So I do things that I'm currently grateful for, like two or three things, and then I also write two or three things that I don't currently have yet that I'm grateful for, as though I have them. And I do that as like a form of manifestation every single morning. 
And it kind of goes along with my next tip, which is some form of abundance manifestation slash affirmation slash meditation, like, etc. I think that focusing on abundance, focusing on the things that you want in life, but looking through them in a lens that's like as though you have them already has kind of been proven as the most effective way to actually manifest things and make things come true and get your dreams. I mean, obviously, you have to work towards your dreams, and you can't just, like, put it all out there and then sit around and wait for them to come to you, but I do think that there's a huge amount of evidence behind the fact that if you are day in and day out focusing on the positive and then also focusing on the positive things that you want and telling your brain, no, no, I don't want this, I have this, it does really work. And it goes back to the reticular activating system and it goes back to just the laws of attraction and all of that kind of like woo-woo stuff that really does work in my opinion. So like I said, with my five-minute journal, I do this abundance thing where I kind of say like, okay, say I want 300k on TikTok, right? And say that today I'm super grateful for my dog all right, like, I'm so grateful for my dog. She just makes me so happy. She's the light of my life. And then, all right, I'm so grateful that I hit 300k on TikTok today. Like, that has been something I've wanted for so long. I am so lucky. I'm so happy. The universe always has my back. Amazing things are always happening to me unexpectedly. And I write that every single day or some variation of something like that, basically. And when I go back and look at my five-minute journal and other entries I've written, like, even a year ago, a lot of that stuff has come true. And it just puts you in a more motivated way of life. Like when I do that, I'm almost just more motivated to like take the steps to achieve my goals. And I do struggle with motivation sometimes. I do tend to like want to sit around and just wait for things to happen to me and be passive and et cetera, et cetera. So that really helps. The other part of this is some sort of affirmations and meditations. So the easiest way for me to do affirmations is in my five-minute journal or first thing when I wake up in the morning, I say three things like, I'm so lucky, the universe always has my back, good things are always happening to me unexpectedly, I'm financially independent, like whatever it is, I usually do the same two or three things every single day for a few months and then I can switch them in and out just because that way it gets ingrained in my brain and I'm also not thinking because The most important thing about doing this first thing in the morning is you want to do it when your brain is in a theta wave state because your brain is more neuroplastic, which means it's more able to regenerate new pathways and form new habits, new thoughts to basically be able to change. So if you're saying these positive affirmations and manifestations and you want to eventually really believe them about yourself, that is the best time to say them. Along with this, I also do a manifestation that is very focused on abundance, on positive thinking, on manifesting the life of my dreams. It is a Joe Dispenza meditation. I do either morning or evening. Ideally, I would do both, but I just don't have the time to do 20 minutes twice a day right now. And if I don't have the time, I mean, I have a puppy who needs to wake up right in the morning, so I have to take her out first thing and then the day just starts. I mean, I guess I could prioritize it, but I just, I'm okay with doing it once a day. Plus, I like the differences between the morning and the evening routine. And the evening routine is very valuable for if you've had like a really stressful, tough day and you need to like let go of the day. It's super helpful for that. And the morning manifestation is really helpful for just like getting yourself in the spirit to have like the best day ever, to create your best life ever, to like 
kickstart your day. It's almost like drinking that cup of coffee. You get that little zing from this manifestation, okay? I'll link them both below. They're both free on YouTube. They're really good. Why I think this manifestation portion is a really important habit is because it almost goes into like a spiritual practice. I personally am not religious, but I do think that there is value in slowing down your day, in getting outside your body, and in realizing that nothing is that deep and like we really are just like on a floating rock in the middle of space, you know? And I think that having a religious practice, going to church, whatever that does that for people, it gives them this perspective that is hard to get when you aren't maybe religious, but I do get it for my manifestations, especially because the first part of these manifestations he has, you really like focus on the space around your body and focus on different parts of your body and focus on what's beyond your body and beyond your reach and all that kind of stuff. And for me, I just like picture myself floating in space with the stars all around me. I know it's super weird to say and like almost woo-woo sounding, but for me as someone who tends to be stuck in my head, to have anxiety, to get down on myself, to just get like run down, worn out, upset, etc., it really helps me to be able to sort of just have some perspective to realize that the universe is so big and so magical and so crazy and who am I to be sitting here being depressed when I could really do anything, be anything, when there's so much opportunity and like the fact that I'm even here is a miracle, you know? And I don't know, I think that some people get it from praying, like I said, so whatever works for you here, if you want to do a manifestation, if you want to go to church, if you want to go spend time on the beach and just breathe and do breath work, anything. But some sort of like practice that gets you out of your head, out of your body, and just sort of separates you from the world for a second is super important. Okay, the next one is a physiological sigh slash nervous system regulation. This is something that I'm like just sort of getting into. It's something that I'm learning a lot more about recently and nervous system regulation is so important, but it's a very broad topic and if you kind of like do research about it, there are just so many different ways to regulate your nervous system. Legs up the wall, physiological side, breath work. Like it's really just a whole can of worms that you're opening. And for me, the easiest way to regulate my nervous system is the physiological side. I think I learned about it first on Andrew Huberman's podcast. And I know I've talked to you guys about this literally probably every week I bring up the physiological side, but it's just so applicable. And again, if you have anxiety, depression, if you worry a lot, if you can't get out of your head, if you're stressed out, if your work is too much, if you have friendship issues, if you have family issues, if you have relationship issues, whatever, this will automatically make you feel better. And it's just science. It's nothing like woo-woo. It's literally a physical thing you can do. It takes probably 25 seconds and you will feel amazing. I do three in a row. It's a double inhale breath and then an exhale through your mouth. You want to be inhaling through your nose. You breathe in as much as you can on the first breath. On the second breath, you suck in any extra little bit of air that you can and really fill up your lungs and your diaphragm. Hold it for a second, then exhale out your mouth and make an audible <sighs> sound. Like you're sighing out. And then I immediately do another one and then another one, three in a row. And then I feel light as a feather, like I'm floating, which is not a feeling that I get very often. It's also something that can stop a panic attack for me. Now, I do have to be a little proactive with this. If I'm going to try to stop a panic attack, it can't be like mid-panic attack, height of the panic attack. While it does help me feel better, it won't, like, once I'm there, I'm there. 
but if I feel really anxious throughout the day or I feel like I'm going to get one coming on, you know, like the clouds are rolling in, the storm's about to hit, I can do the physiological sigh and I do feel better and it does stop me from getting to that peak anxiety, peak panic attack point which is really amazing. And I love something that you can do that takes 25 seconds that drastically will make you feel better. Legs up the wall is also like really good for this. I just don't find it has the same effect of just completely relaxing me as fast. Like I have to do legs up the wall for about six minutes and then I feel really good, you know? This is just a little quicker and I'm all about a quick fix. Okay, next is making sure that you are getting a good amount of sleep. So everybody basically has a window in which they can get their best quality of sleep. I recommend using either like an Aura Ring or the Health app or the Better Sleep app. I personally love the Better Sleep app because its alarms in the morning can be set to wake you up with a frequency like 528 hertz, which there's so much that I could talk about with frequencies, but they're just amazing and they can really change your brain waves and put you into that theta wave state like I was talking about earlier. But all of that aside, I can make a whole episode on frequencies or at least touch on it if you guys want. But basically my main point here is that you can use your sleep app to determine when is the best time for you to go to bed, when is the best time for you to wake up, and how long should you be sleeping. Because for me, I need to sleep about eight or eight and a half hours to feel rested and it's probably best for me to go to sleep by 11.30 latest and wake up at like 8, 8.30-ish, sometimes 7.30, sometimes 8.30, like that sort of a window. And for me, what really makes the most difference is the time that I go to bed. I honestly probably could even go to bed at 10, 10.30. It's just I'd have to wake up a lot earlier and that just doesn't fit in with my routine. But finding your window in your ideal bedtime will make a huge difference this is from a girl who's taken part in three university sleep studies because my sleep was so messed up after my concussions. So definitely listen to me on this one. Also, for my insomnia girlies or my girls who have trouble falling asleep or have to take melatonin every night, something that really works for me, well, two things, is one, a hot shower or a hot bath before you go to bed. This is because your body knows to release melatonin when it's cooling down. So you want to make sure your room temperature is cold. We're not going to be putting the space heaters in our rooms. You can have a ton of blankets. That's fine. Make sure your room is cool. And on top of that, go in a hot shower, go in a sauna blanket, go in a hot bath. I like my sauna blanket personally by heat healer before bed, but anything that's going to raise your temperature. So when you get out of that hot environment, your body's rapidly cooling down, which is going to kickstart your melatonin production for the night. And is going to really help you to have a deep, restful sleep and to fall asleep like immediately. Another thing is magnesium. I use a magnesium spray by Symbiotica on my feet every night. I also have tart cherry juice mixed with San Pellegrino sparkling water and the magnesium by Moon Juice. And this combination works better than any sleep pill, any melatonin thing, any like other stuff that I've tried to help me with sleep. And that says a lot because I have pretty much tried it all. Like if you can think about it, I have tried it. Also, if you have dealt with like concussions or some sort of head trauma type thing, magnesium L-threonate in the morning is going to do wonders for you, especially if you are tired throughout your day. If you're waking up tired, if you never feel rested, magnesium L-threonate. I like the one by Symbiotica. 
I'll link all these products in my shop my by the way. The next tip is some sort of physical exercise. This is again for the girlies who struggle with the mental health. So I've seen physical exercise go one of two ways. Either people don't do it at all and they're depressed or they do it too much and they're depressed. Balance is really key, I think. Finding something that works for you, even if it doesn't work for anyone else. And not being like too hard on yourself about like what counts as a workout versus what doesn't. For example, one of my hobbies is horseback riding. That is a workout. That counts, okay? If you go to a dance class, that counts. If you go to a yoga class, that counts. If you go for a 30-minute walk, that counts. If you go for a 15-minute walk, that counts. If you walk up and down your apartment stairs every single day instead of taking an elevator, that counts. Start small with this, but force yourself to move. Because first of all, if you're forcing yourself to do anything difficult that you don't want to do, you are one step closer to achieving any goal. Because if you set your mind to it and you do it, that builds resilience, it builds confidence, it builds trust in yourself, it builds the ability to basically do anything you set your mind to, which is a superpower that you can grow within yourself. The other side of working out is it will help with your mental health. It's just like true. It's going to give you a positive form of dopamine and serotonin and just endorphins in general in your body and it will just make you a happier person. It'll make you a more motivated person. It'll make you healthier. And like I said, we're going to talk about the health things in another podcast. This is more about what'll make you feel the best, but working out will not only make you feel the best, it will also make you healthier. And for me, I also have struggled with body image and stuff in the past. And when I even do one 10-minute ab workout, which doesn't even change how I look, at all. It makes me feel so much better about myself. It makes me feel like I look 10 times better afterwards, even though, like I said, it doesn't change my body at all. And I just want to stress this even more to you guys. I think when we approach working out from a place of how does this make me feel as opposed to how does this make me look, that shift is extremely powerful because it will take you out of like beating up on yourself basically and forcing yourself to do stuff that you might not want to do or makes you uncomfortable or makes you feel like crap or you'll never be good enough or pretty enough or skinny enough or whatever for yourself. I'm sorry, I should have put a trigger warning here, but trigger warning, if this is going to trigger you, just skip ahead a little bit. But when you do shift that mindset from how do I look versus how do I feel, that is really powerful and that is really what changed the game for me when it came to working out, eating, body image, etc. Because ultimately, everybody has a different body type. Everybody is meant to look different. Everybody is beautiful in their own way, and that is what makes the world so special. But everybody can feel the same. Like, you can look completely different from one of your best friends, but if you are both happy and feeling confident and feeling amazing, that's the goal, really. So, some sort of movement every single day. My little trick with this is I will do a 10-minute Pamela Reef ab workout if nothing else. Pamela Reef even has a six-minute ab workout on her YouTube channel, and it's just like an easy way to be like, okay, it's six minutes. I can do this and listen to a podcast, watch TV, listen to like two songs, literally two songs. You won't even make it through the 10-minute version of All Too Well. And another little trick with this is to just go to the gym and tell yourself you're going to walk for a half an hour. Or 20 minutes like just go and walk and once you are at the gym I promise you you'll probably want to do more 
But also, if you don't want to do more, and I have those days where I am like struggling through and I do not want to do an extra second, that's also fine because you did one thing and that's all that matters. Even jumping jacks for a minute, sit-ups for a minute, push-ups for a minute, the plank for a minute, anything like that, just make a promise to yourself that you're going to do something every day. And then if you fall off the wagon one day, like, that's fine. I mean, honestly, guys, I haven't worked out very consistently in probably two months. I've just been moving. It's been Christmas. It's been hard. But I'm getting back into it. I'm trying to do one thing every day. And then it's going to turn into a workout routine in no time flat. So don't beat yourself up. Focus on how you feel. Try to move your body every day. But if you don't, you don't. And that's okay, too. I feel like I'm talking way too much. I, I thought this was going to be a short episode. Apparently, it's not going to be a short episode. Anyway, the next one is starting your day with something that challenges you. A really good way to do this is to go for a 10-minute walk or to have a three-minute cold shower. That's my personal favorite. I do a three-minute cold shower three to four times a week in the morning, and that really helps. When I am doing that and I'm in that routine, I feel the best. And not only does it increase dopamine by 250%, it also increases your resilience And there's some method, I don't know if it's the Ivy Lee method or what it is, but basically there is science behind the psychology of doing something really hard first thing in the morning so that the rest of your day is easier. Like you've already done your three minute cold shower, what could be worse than that? You've already meditated and dedicated 20 minutes to sitting in silence listening to a meditation, what could be harder? That builds up your resilience, it builds up your confidence, and it builds up your like self-love because you did that for yourself even though it kind of sucks because self-care isn't always easy or fun necessarily but it does work and it will make you feel better about yourself and it will make you happier and like i said for me the meditation doesn't always happen in the morning the cold shower though usually does or right now taking the puppy outside getting sunlight into my eyes which as you guys know if you listen to my podcast huge benefits there getting sunlight first thing in the morning. But yeah, I'm taking the puppy out. So that's sort of my really hard thing that I do first thing when I wake up. And honestly, I know how easy it is to sit up, to turn your alarm off, to scroll through Instagram. And then you kind of have sort of like an unconscious start to the day. But what I'm going to say to you guys is, okay, you get up, you turn your alarm off, you scroll through Instagram. It's fine. Obviously, it's probably better not to look at your phone, but just go do the cold shower for three minutes. And the problem is, is when you do scroll through your phone, doing the cold shower is going to be even harder. But it's not like it's that hard. It's three minutes. Like I said, you're not even going to make it through the 10-minute version of All Too Well. So if you can listen to the 10-minute version of All Too Well, you can do the three-minute cold shower. You could probably do the 10-minute cold shower if you really wanted to, but don't do that. It's better to split up your cold exposure in three-minute sessions. So maybe if you are going to listen to All Too Well, you listen to half of it and then half of it the next day, and then it'll motivate you to do the cold shower the next morning. Could you imagine we're all just out here like splitting it up? It's going to be every single person who listened to this podcast top played song of the year in their Spotify wrapped of 2024. I think that that's kind of hilarious though if it does work out that way. Anyway, I'm rambling. I guess that is the point of this podcast, but yeah, just try to start your day with something that challenges you, whether it's a cold shower, whether it's a walk, whether it's a meditation, whether it's eating, whether it's doing jumping jacks or saying 10 things you love about yourself, just something that you don't really want to do, but you know you should do. And the more you do it, the easier it'll be and also the better the rest of the day will be and the easier it will be to get things done 
that you don't maybe want to get done. Next is tongue scraping. I don't really want to explain this too much because I've gone into the science behind it and the health values of tongue scraping, but it just makes me feel so much better when I tongue scrape. You can get a copper tongue scraper for super cheap off of Amazon and I don't know why, but it improved my quality of life so much. Like I just, I don't know, I feel so clean so happy it's yeah it's like the best next is getting outside prioritizing getting sunlight grounding into the earth putting your feet in the sand in the dirt in the snow getting sunlight into your eyes and onto your skin and onto your face we're just meant to be outside like evolutionarily we came from people who lived outside and now we're inside and we're around artificial lights and everybody feels better on vacation right because we spend so much more time outside like, I always feel so good during a beach vacation. I never have trouble falling asleep when I'm in Hawaii because I'm swimming all day, I'm spending time outside, I see the sunset, and then I fall asleep, and it's peaceful and it's amazing. You can get that feeling in your life. Just try to get outside more. The sun is, like, the original, like, healer and medicine. You just won't feel worse from going outside. You really won't. There's no disadvantage to just going outside for a little while every day. Next is listening to yourself, listening to your intuition, and listening to your body. So I got really in tune with my body when I went off the pill and started cycle syncing. That podcast is coming, but anyone can do this. Whether it's listening to your intuition about a bad friend or about a family member or about a person that you meet in, you know, a work environment and they just seem a little off and you don't really want to spend time with them, just practice listening to yourself. Or if you're hungry, eat something. Or if you want to go to bed at 5 p.m., go to bed. Or if you make plans to go out and your body is just like, I really want to stay home, stay home. Or if you plan to stay home, but you really want to go out, take yourself out to dinner. Practice listening to your body and your intuition because your intuition is a muscle that you can exercise that will get stronger and more accurate and it will only help you in the long run if you are in tune with yourself and your intuition. Like, again, it's like going outside and getting the sunlight. There is no negative effects to doing this. It's free. You may as well. Especially if you're a girl, which I'm hoping everybody who's listening to this is a girl, but I don't want to isolate you if you are a guy. So if you are a guy, hi. Welcome, I guess. Try cycle syncing. It might help you. I'm in a feisty mood today, guys. I kind of also hate that I said that about myself, but we're moving on. Especially if you're a girl, your intuition really doesn't ever lie. I've never met a girl who was wrong when she really felt strongly about something. We just know, guys. Like, we just really know. So, exercise that muscle and you will become superhuman. Like I said, it's a superpower. Next is have more hobbies. So I mentioned I like to do horseback riding because that's something that I did as a kid and it's something I'm trying to bring into my adult life. Also cooking, also coloring, doing paint by numbers, reading, having little dance parties in my kitchen, whatever. That's what works for me. Lean into what works for you, but have hobbies and things that you do that are just you things. Build a real relationship with yourself. This speaks to listening to your intuition. It speaks to taking yourself on dates. It speaks to having fun things that you like to do. It speaks to learning about things that you like to learn about. It's only going to make you more interesting. It's only going to make you a more valuable person. It's only going to make you love yourself more when you do things with yourself and you build a relationship with yourself. That is how you cultivate self-love and self-worth, simply put. Another big one is limiting negative self-talk. So, if you go on Dr. Daniel Amen's 
TikTok or his Instagram or you read any of his books, he has this like explanation of how to kill negative self-talk and he calls it killing the ants, the automatic negative thoughts. And he just says you basically have to question these thoughts. Are they true? If they're true, okay, are you sure they're true? How does it make you feel when you think about that? And the more you question yourself and the more you make this like an exercise every single time you think something bad about yourself, the less worth it it's going to be to think negatively about yourself. For me, I just decided, I think I was like 18 or 19 maybe, that negative self-talk and just feeling like shit about myself all the time and hating myself, like going back to what Peyton Sarton said in her Note to Self episode, it's exhausting to hate yourself. It's not fun. It doesn't make your life better. It doesn't make you happier. So why are you doing it? Because you're addicted to thinking badly about yourself. It's something that's easy to do. Self-harm is addictive, but it is something that we can cut in the bud, nip in the bud, whatever, and doing so is only going to make your life better because it really doesn't serve you or anyone around you to be self-loathing or to hate yourself or to say mean things about yourself. For me, what I liked to do when I was really struggling with this because I didn't have Dr. Amon's method at the time, I would just stop. I would kind of like take a breath and then I would say three positive things about myself, even if they were lies. Even if I completely didn't believe them, which I didn't at the time because I really struggled with my self-esteem and my self-worth, I would say three positive things like, say for example, I thought something negative, then I would say, I really love how I look, I have beautiful hair, I'm a great friend. I'm a great daughter, sister, whatever. And like I said, even if it's hard for you to think of those things, it rewires your brain to start focusing on the positive things about yourself. That is also where the gratitude and the I am statements and the affirmations and the abundance is going to come in with the five-minute journal in the morning. But I also think it's super important to just stop yourself actively when you do these self-harm behaviors. Next is more for like social situations, but you want to try to listen more than you talk. This is something that, I mean, not everybody is like this and that's fine and this might not work for you, but for me, I've noticed that my life really improves when I listen more than I talk. First of all, I'm a lot less inclined to be gossipy or say something I regret, especially if I'm like out or drinking or whatever. Because I used to be the kind of person that just would say what I thought and I didn't really realize at the time that that might not always be the best thing. And it's just not, it, you never are going to regret something you haven't said. Well, maybe you will, but it's just a different vibe. Like, I hope you guys get what I'm putting down here. Especially if you're in a social situation, if you focus on being a listener, if you focus on other people, if you focus on lifting other people up and letting other people say their piece, one you will realize that most people talk way more than they listen, but two, you're also just going to have more peace in your life. At least for me, I had a lot more peace when I just started listening and focusing on other people. And of course, I still talk about like what I want to talk about, especially with my friends. Like we all talk, but especially when you don't know the people you're around super well or whatever, it never is going to steer you wrong to listen more. Next is another social one, and it's not caring about anyone's opinions of you and not justifying yourself too much. Now, of course, if you do something wrong, you have to apologize. I just want to put that out there right at the beginning because I know there are going to be people that are like, well, but if I'm doing something wrong, I have to apologize to people. Well, yeah, of course you do, Cindy. 
Of course you do. But there's something to be said about apologizing too much for things that you shouldn't really maybe be apologizing for. Like, if you don't genuinely feel sorry, don't say sorry. What are you doing? Of course don't do that because then you're being fake and that is not great. I would rather you be authentic than be fake. If you don't think you're sorry, that's fine. Don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. We are not going to be sorry for things that we're not actually sorry for this year, okay? Let's grow up a little. Put our big girl pants on, okay? But going back to not caring about other people's opinions, here's the real thing. If you let everybody's opinion of you, whether you're on social media or not, whether you know 10 people or 4 people or 100 people, the weight of anybody's expectations of you or opinions of you will crush you. It will. You will not be able to do the things that you want to do and you're not going to be able to find yourself, let alone love yourself, if you're so focused on all the outside noise. And at the end of the day, if you can live with yourself and if you can love yourself and if you can take yourself on dates and if you can be happy with who you are, that is what matters. And I guarantee you, when you are leaning into your most authentic self, which again, you can't do if you're just listening to everybody else's opinion of you, you will find your people. And this is coming from someone who didn't have friends until I was, I want to say like 19, maybe in university is really when I started feeling like I had true friends. I had one friend, shout out to Hannah. We started becoming friends in grade 10 and she was amazing. I had a couple other friends that I met in high school too, but I didn't feel like we started genuinely becoming friends until like university, I would say. But this is, like I said, yeah, coming from someone who didn't have a lot of friends, you will find your people. And even if you have to let go of some people or even if those people change throughout your life, that's okay because you love you. And in order for you to love you, you have to cut out all the noise. Also, like I said, it's exhausting. It's really tiring living for anybody but yourself. Like you are never going to be the same as everyone else. You are always going to be different. Even if you have someone and you guys are like best friends and you think the same way about every single thing and you have all the same opinions, ultimately you are two different people and there are going to be differences. And even the one difference, if you have a friend who wants you to change one thing about yourself, like that is so stressful and so exhausting. You need to just stop caring. And it's hard for me to give advice on this because I kind of just had to go through it the hard way where I just had to be like, okay, well, I don't have friends and no one likes me, so I don't care about these people then. And it was really hard and I cried a lot and it sucked. But now I'm just like, whatever. And that's why I was able to start this TikTok because do you guys know how cringe it is to start a TikTok? It's so hard. It's so embarrassing. It really like takes a lot of just not caring what anybody thinks of you and just putting it out there. But now, not only do I have friends who also started a TikTok channel, I've had a lot of people who maybe made fun of me at the beginning be like, oh my gosh, congratulations, you're doing so well. And that's fine. I'm happy that they are happy for me now. But if I had let those people stop me from doing this and trying to achieve success, I would be really miserable right now. So you just have to like take my word for it. Thinking and caring too much about other people's opinions of you is not good. And then my last tip is allow things to just be. Trust the universe, trust God, trust whoever, whatever you believe is out there and just let things be more. This is one that I'm still really working on, which is why I put it last, because I tend to be someone to want to justify myself, to want to over-explain myself, to want things to be a certain way and control everything, and I know it's partly because of my anxiety. I like to be a control freak, but 
I think I heard it actually on an episode of the Kardashians. Khloe Kardashian said, you plan and God laughs. And while I do think that's a little bit cynical, part of it does ring true where you just sort of have to let life happen sometimes, whether it's a friendship that you're trying to hold on to that just isn't working or a relationship or you really want this person to see how amazing you are and they're just not seeing it or there's traffic on the freeway and you're running late. Like from big to small, the things that you can't control can't control you. I feel like that didn't make sense, but it did. You just have to realize that in this world, there are probably two things that you can control. Actually, no, there's one thing you can control. It's how you react to situations. That's it. That's all. That's literally all you can control in this life is what you're going to do next and how you react to the things that are put in your path. You can't control the things that are put in your path. So why do you even try to? This isn't to say that you should just sit around and let life happen to you and just like not do anything or not try to do anything. But I do think a lot of the time it really isn't that deep. Like if there's traffic and you left late, do better next time. There's no point though in speeding and getting into an accident or getting a speeding ticket just to make it on time. It's done now. It's okay. Or if a friend does something to you, this is a big one for me that I've been working on lately. If you feel like you've been wronged in any sort of way, I would honestly say, and my dad actually really helped me with this, like I would honestly say 98% of the time if you've been wronged, unless it's from a partner, like your boyfriend or girlfriend, it's not worth trying to control the narrative. It's not worth trying to get an apology necessarily first. Usually it's better to just think about it. Is it really that deep? If it is, maybe you could try to get an apology or maybe it's best for you to just move on and distance yourself for a while. Or if it's not that deep, maybe it's best to just let it go. And this is because you really can't control what someone is going to do when you tell them that they've hurt you, for example. And sometimes that just makes things into a bigger situation. And I'm not saying you shouldn't work on things with people and you shouldn't be honest about your feelings or you should bury them deep down and hold a big grudge and resent them for the rest of your life. No. What I'm saying is I personally have become a lot happier of a person when I've just like let things go and I've cared less. And it's really ironic because when I was on antidepressants, I cared so much. And even though I didn't care, I still, I cared so much. And now I think because I'm not on antidepressants and I do have anxiety and depression, I actually just have to like let things go. And like I said, if someone really wrongs me or they hurt my feelings, sometimes I'll bring it up. But a lot of the times, if they're a good person and they're a good friend or a good family member where I have to see them all the time, what's the, like, I can totally just breathe it out let it go, meditate, like be zen. Like you guys have seen Kung Fu Panda, right? We want to be channeling the energy of Master Ugwe, that turtle who's just like chilling with like the cherry blossoms and he has his little staff. We we want to be like him. Like we just want to be zen or even like the turtles in Finding Nemo where they're just like living and they're going with the flow of the current and they just like chill and they all sound high. Like that's what we want. That's the energy. Because if you are able to just master yourself and your emotions and let things go and realize it's not that deep and like protect your peace by actually just protecting your peace and being like, I'm just going to be peaceful no matter what. That's like enlightenment, I think. We're getting really deep in this podcast episode, but I don't know. I just, I think that that's the ultimate like level of just 
happiness and enlightenment and positivity and if you can just let things go more care less focus on you do the things you want to do try to be a good person try not to hurt anybody if something's really bothering you bring it up but realize that you can't control anyone's reaction so don't bring anything up with an expectation of a certain way you want it to go like getting an apology from them you will just be happy if you do that okay that is all guys for this episode i actually have a quote to end things off with so let me pull it up by the way guys all the quotes that i have if you guys want them like for your vision boards or whatever they are on my pinterest which is linked in my link in bio but i'll also put it in the show notes and i think they're under either like my quotes or pieces of advice to live by or something like that so yeah if you guys want these quotes they're all gonna be there i have a lot of good ones i'm like looking through my pinterest i'm like god damn i really do have a lot of wisdom here i should probably start listening to that more um okay this quote is by c.s lewis if you guys don't know who that is he wrote narnia if you don't know what narnia is i really can't help you i'm funny today um okay so the quote is have fun even if it's not the same kind of fun everyone else is having. I love you guys so much. I will talk to you guys next week. I'm gonna try to have these episodes be out on Tuesdays instead of Thursdays. I'm just on a Thursday schedule right now, and so it's really hard for me to put them up on Tuesdays because I'm still editing them, but I'm gonna try to grind this one out. But if it is on Thursday, I promise I will rectify that because you guys did say you prefer the episodes to be out on Tuesdays. And I kind of agree. I feel like too many podcasts come out on Thursdays these days and Tuesdays is just a good day. Plus, I can be like, see you next Tuesday. And the girls that get it, get it. And the girls that don't, don't. Love you guys so much. Bye.